Welcome to the Best Ever You Show with your host, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, helping you live your life to the fullest. How? Real people, including celebrities, real advice, real places, products, and businesses, real life stories. It's all right here for you with this radio show, printed magazine, websites, community, and more. Remember to visit us online, too, at besteveryou.com. And now here's your host, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino. That all sounds so fancy. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the Best Ever You show. We're already giggling. It's a good sign. Um, Yeah, that all sounds great and everything. But in reality, I'm in my office, in my house with sweats on, my hair on top of my head, my cat sitting next to me. And I'm looking outside going, yay, the snow melted. (laughs) And we're deep into the heart of baseball season. Right, Morgan? You know baseball. But we're not going to talk about baseball today, are we? Um, Oh, my gosh, everything. (laughs) New Haven Chargers and St. Joseph's Baseball. And oh my gosh, there's so much college baseball. It's awesome and high school baseball going on. Um, my Twitter feed, somebody, somebody emailed me the other day and they're like, you're talking a lot about baseball. What's the story? <laughs> so I put out there today, we're going to switch from baseball to ballet. And um, I have my guest here with us. Her name is Morgan Brown Sanborn. We're going to talk about the life of a professional ballerina. And the connection here is that her dad is Coach Will Sanborn from St. Joseph's College in Standish, Maine. And her brother is Coach Lincoln Sanborn um, and Mom Coach Lynn. So we've got a great Maine connection here. And um, it's funny, Morgan, I was talking to Coach Pine, telling him that you're coming on the air. And he remembers you being a tiny little toddler when he was playing for your dad (laughs) so um yeah yeah okay so um how are you not a softball player (laughs) oh I I was a softball player um there there is a story that um my family likes to tell about me I was a pitcher and I played up until my freshman year of high school and then it got to the point where I needed to um, choose dance or softball because spring season is a very busy performance season for um, dancers. So I went with dance, which was probably a good thing because there was one game that I was pitching and I think I might've hit eight players pitching <laughs> that game. Oh, no. So they like to tell the story and the athletic director at the time, every time we, um, run into him now likes to say that they had to have the ambulance on hold for when I was pitching so um I think that I left alone that's so funny you know I um I'm in the middle of 11 kids myself there are a lot of us and we used to get together for family baseball games because my dad is was a pitcher my dad's like six foot four and you know he was a great pitcher he got injured before he played pro and all this stuff. And I used to be the one in the outfield doing the cartwheels because I'm a gymnast. I think I was telling you yeah. that. Yes. So I, I feel your vibe, girl. I feel your vibe. Yes. And I remember somebody telling me at one point, you know, your dad plays baseball, blah, blah, blah. Why don't you give it a whirl with softball too? And I can hit, I just can't pitch. So it's really interesting, but I did the same thing. So I know what you're talking about where you're making those choices. Um, and it looks like you made a great one. Look at you. I put a I put a picture of you on Instagram jumping. It must be like 30 feet in the air, girl. I mean, that's, <laughs> that picture is so cool of you on the beach. And I just wanted to hashtag it. How did she do that? Um, seriously, there must be, this is, a, this is a sport. This is athletic. This is everything. And, you know, you take a picture like that and you're like, oh, wow, that's a really cool picture. But what I want to know is what goes into that photograph. What's all the hard work? behind being able to do that because that's amazing and it's a glimpse of who you are it's a tiny glimpse (laughs) um you start I started dancing when I was three years old um most um professional dancers especially women have wound up dancing since they were you know at least eight years old that's when your real kind of um, foundation starts and I guess you start with a few hours a week and you continue like anything adding 
and adding hours um, to the point where once you're a teenager, you are really spending, you know, anywhere from three to six hours a day in the studio training. Um, I was really lucky enough to attend a pre-professional program that allowed me to receive high school credit. Um, That was through Portland Valley's core program. Um, And I was able to leave my academic school early to go start my dance training earlier in the day so that I had more hours that I could put in. And it just is um, endless hours and (laughs) constant, um, yeah, like anything, constant rethinking about what you're doing and the details. And there's many, many aspects that go into um, it. But, yeah, you spend years training and it doesn't, the number of hours don't um, become lesser as you get older, as you become a professional, you spend even more hours training and trying to keep that top physique and trying to keep your level of um, aesthetic up and athleticism. I mean, it's it's amazing. Yeah. Now, when you were a little kid, um, how did you know, I'm, I'm guessing most people who are really high achieving at things, whether it be baseball, ballet, you know, whatever it is, they kind of know when they're, a lot of people know when they're really little. Did I mean, did your parents put mm-hmm. on a song and you just started to twirl? Or, I mean, <laughs> how did how did that work for you? Because I know the toe points really, you know, you. when I'm looking at you, I have a little bit of ballet in my background because of gymnastics, although I'm terrible at it. Um, and um, But, you know, even the, even the toe point is um, special. Sure, yeah. There, um, I came into it because my um, babysitter at the time, Diane Hebert, her daughter, Jody, was my idol. She was seven years older than me, and she was my everything. Um, and Lincoln and I were with uh, my brother, were with their family um, a lot. They watched us every day before and after school, and they were mm-hmm. really like our second family. Um, and we used to go pick her up from dance class and I wanted to join dance class and I was three and that's, so they put me in ballet class and that was, you know, my mom jokes that that is probably like one of the worst mistakes that she made. Um, but I was hooked at three, but I remember a specific moment (laughs) when I was about seven years old in ballet class um, and at that point, I had added some other styles of dance as well um, that I was like, this is what I'm going to do at seven years old, like to yep. a T. I remember this moment um, just having this like clarity about like, I love this so much more than anything in the world. And I stuck that with that um, yeah. and went through times you know, when you're growing up in middle school and high school and in school you're doing these um, projects to try to figure out what you want to do and your job shadowing and all these things. And I remember getting to the point where teachers were telling me, okay, you you have to, like, go job shadow someone not involved in dance so that you can see what else is out there. And I was not interested Um, and I think I did it just to, like, I went and job shadowed our local vet, but I was not interested in anything. I wanted to dance. That was all I could be told. Um, it's all I would do. And that's it, huh? I was just set on it. Yeah. There were no, (laughs) nothing ever crossed my mind to do anything else. so. If I had your parents on the line, which I don't, by the way, they're not coming on live to talk about you or anything. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> but what would they say? They're probably um, answering that right now themselves. But I what would know. they say? I'm not sure. About oh, my gosh. dancing? Yeah. Well, would they say they knew that you knew from when you were a little kid? For sure? Uh, yes, I think so. Yeah. I. Yeah. I don't think, and they were, my parents were 
amazing and so supportive and never questioned that path and always um, encouraged me. And for not knowing anything about the dance world, I think that they did everything that they could to make sure that I... Isn't it fun when you take your parents on a journey? (laughs) I'm on one right now with baseball. (laughs) I know know, we're learning college baseball day by day by day by day, you know, kind of thing and all these Mm -hmm. new moments and everything. And, and, but it's so cool when you take your parents on a journey, what do you think they've learned? These are hard questions, by Um, the way. So, (laughs) yes, very hard questions. Um, I think that, I don't know. I feel like my parents know everything still. <laughs> so I think that they, you know, there's things that they've learned about the dance world and about um, being an artist and a dancer. But I think that I'm not sure what they would say that they've learned. Um, there's probably a lot, but I think the biggest thing is that they were always just very, very supportive. They probably would tell other people. I know for a fact that my mother tells other people not to put their kids in dance sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Because it can be a life, it's, you know, it's a very um, difficult art form if you're going to pursue it. It's, it can be a very. um, I found it intimidating. I'll tell you what I found it yeah. was absolutely, totally, and completely intimidating because, um, you know, I'm no taller than five, three tops with really big hair done, you know, in the eighties. And, um, <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I'm super strong because like, I, you know, I'm a gymnast. I was a gymnast forever. So strong is my strong, flexible, everything, but heavy on my feet and ballet. Oh my gosh. The lady would be like, you're heavy on your feet. And um, I just didn't have the right, something for it you know and I was you know when you you know what I mean it's it's hard because it's competitive anything it is very competitive so competitive yeah and you sacrifice a lot to be a part of it and you know I've found as I have gotten older that one of the biggest sacrifices is that you're constantly leaving people and saying goodbye to people um because you are moving all over the world to oh. pursue something um, that has limited opportunities. So um, mm-hmm. that's one of the harder aspects. But have you ever there, have you ever had anybody tell you mm, this isn't right for you, or have you ever had like a moment where you're like, oh, I got to do something else? You know how sometimes you you let the the self confidence stuff seep in a little bit. Have you ever had anybody do, do anything like that with your mindset? Talk, yes. Can you talk about um, that a little bit? Yeah, it happens all the time. Um, unfortunately, it's one of the things that I really believe is kind of um, wrong with the dance world and also de- can be very detrimental to dancers. Um, right. Burnout is a very real thing. But besides that, there is a there are a lot of um, people in the industry who believe and are of the philosophy that in order to make a really great dancer, you have to first break them down. Um, and that philosophy is something that I never could really um, grasp and always... Um, didn't work for me. There are some, I have watched some professional dancers who thrive in that environment, but it's a very um, kind of uh, sad and messed up place to be mentally um, because what that does is make you emotionally dependent on your art and also self-doubt yourself so much that things, you know, that I talk about this all the time with my students, whatever mind chatter you have going on can decide whether or not you are going to be able to do a step properly or have a performance go well or 
you know, mm-hmm. achieve the next thing in your training. So I'm so glad you recognize that. Something that I've experienced. Well, experienced, recognized, and then you're teaching people to be beware of it as well, because you know, I and I think that um, again, chime in here because I think it translates to just about everything. It's not specific yeah, to ballet. Definitely. Don't right. you think? I think there is. I think it definitely is, and I think there there are a lot of um, major cultural changes happening right now in the world, but I think within the ballet world, there are, um, there's definitely this movement towards trying to get away from that mindset. Um, Good. And trying, I think that there's a new generation of dancers who are starting to be in more leadership positions that are really trying to get rid of this aspect of treating professional dancers like their children, but then mm-hmm. treating them so poorly that you wouldn't even treat children that way. So right. I think that my hopes are that there will be a lot of changes in the field. There are you know, yeah. a lot of things that need to be addressed um, mm-hmm. and that to the outside world are hidden because it is such a different lifestyle and um, in this country, especially is such an underappreciated and unknown art form. Yeah. Do you, um, can you take us through your, your journey a little bit from Maine to like where you are now? And I know that's going to cover some ground here, but I'm, I'm really, um, you have things here on your resume that I can't pronounce. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that I don't want to mispronounce, um, but you know, take us from take us from a point here in Maine to like some of the things that you've done, some of your favorite moments, um, you know, th- those those types of things. If you if you would, if you could spend you know five ten minutes doing that, that'd be wonderful. Um, so af- after I I have a little bit of audio project. I've got a little bit of audio vibe on you, so just there you go. Go ahead, keep going. Oh. Um, at Darcy Lovett School of Ballet, which eventually became All That Dance, um, and I was there taking all styles of ball, uh, you know, ballet, jazz, tap, um, and when I was 12 years old, I started teaching at the studio. Um, which was incredible and is not something that happens so often anymore, I don't think, but I really gained a lot of, um, I think it's maybe in my genetic makeup (laughs) to be an educator or coach and to have that be the experience that I learned the most from, um, and that really pushes it, that really pushed my own training a lot. Um, when I was about 14 or 15, I started to want more from my training. Um, again, I had very few people in my life that knew anything about dance um, or about becoming a professional dancer. So I started exploring. Um, different things and I think at the time I might have got my mom might have gotten me dance magazine or something and I saw I learned that going to summer intensives was a major thing in a dancer's um, career track like if you could get into a good summer intensive you would it would be three to six weeks of really intense all day long training with people who are out there in the field um and that would really boost your um, opportunities in the future, but mm-hmm. also really change your training in a very short period of time. So I wound up um, doing some research and going because um, exploring college opportunities was always 
an important factor in my family. Um, I wound up going to Boston Conservatory for a summer, and I learned a lot there. And I remember I cried a lot there because it is a shock, like culture shock when you come out of a small studio and you are one of the best dancers and, you know, you are dancing so much and in, you know, featured in so many things and all, all of this, um, these things. And then you go and you <laughs> realize and you are put, like I was placed in the lowest level that I could be in and I was way behind and I was with younger kids students and there were things that the teacher was working on that I had never heard of before Um, and that was a major culture shock Um, but I pushed through and worked really hard and wound up coming back the next year and went to a few different studios in the area like I tried to find the best studio for each style of dance Um, because at the time I still really believed and I think that this had something to do with being raised as um, my parents really they were three sport athletes and they believe in three Mm -hmm. three sport athletes and um, they believe the more well-rounded that you can be the better off you'll be so I was doing all styles at the time and I found like what I believed to be and what I had heard was the better studio for jazz, studio for jazz, and all this stuff at the different. Oh, sorry. Nope, I got you. So the best Um, studio for jazz, the best studio for ballet. Yep. And that was my uh, junior year of high school, and so. I got my license and I was all over the place to different studios to train. Um, Portland Ballet that same summer to do a placement class. And the director and founder, um, her name is Eugene, and she is this amazing woman. Portland Ballet. I think now it's over. Over thirty-five years ago that she founded it, and um, took me into the drop-in class that I was doing a place. She talked to the class. She sat me down. She said, "You have a lot of things that you need to work on, but if you want to do this, you can do this." And that was kind of it. She was the person that I, not the first person, but someone that. This kind of funky audio on you. I'm 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 losing you in and out of audio a little bit again. I'm sorry. Um, it's okay. I'm gonna move. There we go. Now I can hear you. Yeah. If you're walking, just stay stay steady where I can hear you. Um, okay. Yeah, because it's fading in and out. You probably have to go back to who the teacher's name was because it um, faded. Her name is, there you go. I can hear you perfectly now. Okay. Her name is Jeannie O'Brien. Mm-hmm. She is the founder of Portland Ballet. Um, there we go. And she really uh, gave me something solid to hold on to, which was you work really hard, you can do this. And so I wound up going to Portland Ballet five days a week for training and performing um, with their school and also doing other styles at other studios. Um, And my senior year. um, I'm going to interrupt you for one second and just ask you a question here. would you recommend this path to somebody listening who wants to be a a ballet dancer? Is that what you would say too? like go locally and then go from there? We're getting a question. Uh, Yes, definitely. I would say the 
to try to find, there are different fits for everyone. There are so many studios out there, but I think is to be a professional dancer. The best opportunities are to, you know, start locally, find the best possible professional training school near you, and then find a place that's going to help advise you on your path. Um, and that's really important because some studios do not want to, to push their best dancers on to the next thing. They want to keep them. Um, so I think that it's important to find a place that knows like, and is willing to say, we've given this dancer, which is their client, which is part of their business, all that we can possibly give you know, you should try to move on mm-hmm. to this school or audition for this place. That now, what if you are? What if you're sitting there and someone says to you, "You know what? Ah, this isn't quite for you." But in your heart, you're like, "No, I'm sorry, but it is." You know, kind of thing. What if? What if you've got that conflict of somebody telling you, you, you know, that you know those naysayer types around you because I'm a huge believer in bypassing naysayers I say go for it I, I say if you've got it in your heart head your passion your dream your goal your everything you go for it until they you know you know tell you till you decide yourself I guess is the point what do, what do you think I about think, that I think I'm losing you again I don't know what's with the audio I'm so sorry I think I actually just lost your phone. There you go. Go ahead. So what do you what do you think about that with the the whole naysayer thing? I think that's um I think you have to just push on and you have to move take what you can from that if there is valid criticism. And the right. part of this being, you know, a high level artist or athlete or anything is you have to be able to put down enough ego to take the valid criticism. You also have to be able to take the criticism that maybe is from, you know, someone's personal background and they're, you know, taking something out on you that is not specific to you maybe it's from their personal background or it just isn't the right fit you have to be able to take that and let it go and that's one of them that mental Mm -hmm. the hardest things about being any athlete probably but about being a dancer you sound totally coachable though you sound so coachable (laughs) like like you yeah but it sounds like you sift through the rotten information as well um, you know what I mean? It, you you know you know you take what works for you and and are coachable though, uh, because I I love it when somebody has a dream and they're coachable. I think that's the coolest thing ever. If if I especially love it when older people mentor younger people. You know, like the people who've paved the way, like been, the been there done it types, and then they mm-hmm. take somebody who's got a you know a, a promise you know and some skills and some things like that, and they kind of round them out to be awesome. I just absolutely thrive in that mode. I love it. Right, right. And how about you? That's what's important. And those are the things that, you know, those mental aspects are. I they I wish that they were more addressed in younger training of students. Yeah. Um, well, there's a lot of know it all now. There's a, there's a lot of know it all mode. Like some people you can't reach. I get it, um, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's interesting. So tell me about. I want to make sure we keep going here because the audio is a little funky in spots. So let's keep let's press through and talk about professionally. Like, where are you at right now professionally, and what are some of the things that you've done? Um, what's that leap look like from, um, you know, from here to there? Sure. Um, so after I graduated high school, I I knew that I needed training. And I graduated in three years, which was amazing. 
sorry. I have no audio from your phone. Do you want to do you want to hang up and call back in? Sure. Let's, well, there I've got you again. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, okay, you missed live. I haven't we're moved working on the audio. House, I'm not sure. But... Yeah, we it's it's working now. I don't know. Um, I don't know what's. It could be on my end. Could be on your end. It, it's it's a mystery here, but we've got um, sort of like a cell phone quality audio going on. I hope y'all can hear us. Let's just keep going. And if and if when we can't, I'll just interrupt you. Is that okay? I know it's really rude. I'm okay. so sorry. Yeah. Okay. No, now, I'm I just sorry. Want to make sure, just want to make sure people hear what you're saying. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> it's important. So we're talking about the leap from from here to there. Yeah, so after I graduated from college, um, I wanted to come back to Portland Ballet. It was really a great dance home for me, and um, I really felt confident there and felt that um, I would have opportunities. And so I called my director and spoke with her about returning and she said yes, and that's what I did. So I joined the professional company um, in Portland after I graduated in 2009. And I was there for four seasons, and I got to do some really amazing work. Um, we did about four performances a year. Um, we did everything from Nutcracker to... Um, Mozart's Requiem, which is a one-hour mass that we did with the Choral Society um, at Merrill Auditorium and Kenneth Oberly, um, who is a pretty well-known choreographer, came and set that on us. And I was lucky enough to be a soloist in that. Um, I played um, Katrina in The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, um, so many other great things. <laughs> there are we did a lot, a, aren't there? A, what's your what's the most challenging thing you've ever done? What's the thing where you were like, "Ooh, this is a stretch for me. I'm going to learn here." What's where's that moment? Oh, or are they all like that? I think that I think they're they all can be like that. Um, my f- probably favorite moment from from my time at Portland Ballet was. I had the opportunity to play Myrta in Giselle, which um, she is the queen of the willies, which um, do, you know the, do you know the saying, um, it gives me the willies or something gives yeah. you the willies? Yeah, it gives you the willies. Well, that, yeah. I'm from the Midwest. Yeah, I do. <laughs> it gives you the willies. Directly from um, ballet. So oh, that's interesting. The willies in Giselle are um, ghosts <laughs> of women wronged <laughs> in the past. Oh, <laughs> they are all like either women that are about to be married or, um, you know, they were that men wronged them. So they are these um, ghosts and they do, it's a very famous ballet. They, yeah. One of the classics and they do, um, beautiful core work in the second act and it's very well known. It's very difficult. Um, and when it's well, well done, it's very powerful. And the storyline is that Giselle is, um, a young teenager with, she's a town's girl and she has a crush on, what she believes is a town's man. He's actually um, royalty and he's engaged to someone else. And basically she has a heart condition, but she loves to dance. And when she finds out that he is betrothed to someone else, she dances herself to death. Um, And then she becomes a willy. So in the second act, Eventually, Giselle is able to convince Mirta that through the power of love, um, you know, to allow the man to live because the willies are going to dance him. 
Um, but so she's a very evil character. Um, she's a very kind of interesting, grandiose character, and the dancing is difficult. Um, but it's really the type of movement that is my strength. It has a lot of um, big jumps and covers a lot of space and very um, adagio-like movements. So that is something that was really amazing to do. I was lucky enough to do it with one of my best friends who was actually my roommate at the time as Giselle. So opposing characters and um, that was a lesson. And coached by Sasha Yaparov, who's one of my favorite coaches. He is um, a Russian ballet dancer who has been um, a teacher here for a long time and he his resume is unbelievable he's a very well-known dancer at this time his name is um, Sasha Yaparov that's nice Um, Um, and he is just a great coach um, and he's always he has a very dry sense of humor and was always pushing me to um, be better and do things the way that they are meant to be, which is, um, you know, ballet is a very specific art art form and those, the steps are passed on. Do you, um, do you think, do you think ballet is, a lot of ballet is acting or not? Oh, it's like yes, some acting huge, involved as well. It's a huge part of ballet. Yes, definitely. Um, even when you are not dancing in something that has a storyline, there is a part of acting. Um, is that taught, or do you, you have are, to do something separate for that, or is that just a gift, a natural gift? It is It is taught in some ways. Um, it's a lot that is learned by watching other dancers um, yeah. and learning how to portray a character. Um, mm-hmm. But, and, you know, a lot of schools do – include acting classes in their training as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And understanding the story and everything. Cause you know, you, I, I would imagine you can't smile through some of those points. You know what I mean? It's not a, you know, a right. lot of people no. think, Oh, I'm on stage. I need to smile and laugh and you know, all that stuff. And that's not what the, some of the things you're talking about call for. So I would imagine. No, that you have to be. Yeah. Very versatile. Um, in your face. For sure. In your face in your... and in your in your eyes and in your portrayal of steps, um, there has to be specific intent behind your movement, and it has to match what the what the ballet calls for, what the the role calls for, um, and that's a big part of being a professional dancer. Is you do a lot of outside research and try a lot of different things, and you know discuss with your colleagues yeah. what what they would do and then because the something that makes it yeah. for example and, and with for example the ballet lesson it's been done hundreds of times. Lost you again. To go back to your for example. Totally. I've got you no audio for a minute here. Can you hear me? No. Nope. Yeah. Keep trying here. Sorry, folks. <laughs> um, can you hear me at all? I can hear you. Yes. There you go. I got you again. So go back to, for example. Okay. There, I got you. So, for example, Sorry. with like Giselle, it's been done hundreds of thousands of times, and each time every ballerina that does it does it differently and has their own portrayal of it. So 
mm-hmm. I, I think that's a really big part of being a professional artist is finding which way you're going to do it. And, mm-hmm. you know, you work with your directors to help hone that skill. Yeah. It's, um, it, do you, um, we're going to talk, I'm going to shift into goals if you don't mind, go, go into goals and, um, you know, some of the stretches, stretch goals and some of the, um, things that make us uncomfortable. So we learn and grow. Do you want to talk about that? Do you have time? Um, Sure. Okay. Because I, you know, we're, we're best ever you and, you know, we're, we're having you on to talk about ballet. You know, we have a lot of younger listeners and things like that. And people love to learn the how, you know, people love to know the why and the, and the how to do things. And, you know, people, you know, just like you, you, you know, you had somebody that inspired you and there's a lot of, how do I get to that point? And without somebody sometimes telling you how you're figuring it out on your own and much of that you've done, but I appreciate you being on here to sort of decode it for those following in your path. Cause I think it's really important because there could be somebody listening here whose life, you know, whose life you've touched completely. Um, and so I wanted to, I did this with your dad too. I thought he had, such interesting comments about goals and and so forth and i'm i'm wondering if you would share with us how you set goals um sure i think that the i think that there's equal importance in having both long term long term goals and short term goals um and i speak to my students a lot about being ambitious and realistic because I think that there is there are those really far off goals that are maybe achievable, but there are a lot of steps to get to those points. So I I always try to focus back towards um, the the closer, short term, more realistic goals that will lead you to your ambitious goals. Um, I think that setting a plan is great. Um, I, I think that a lot of what young dancers struggle with today is we live in such a world that is so um, fast-paced and instant gratification that being in dance and or any sport and working on something um, and not having the, not being able to achieve something instantly can be very um, difficult and it can be a big turnoff for a lot of students. And I think that what I try to talk about a lot is that it's going to take you a lot of practice to get something right and a lot of hours and a lot of days and sometimes years um, to change what you're trying to change. Yeah. You know, I, can I take that comment because it's so genius and apply it to business for a second? Um, my husband and I, I'm just going to share this with you. My husband and I just opened up our own company aside from Best Every Year. It's called Compliance 4. And he's a, he's a, he's a federal securities attorney with, you know, he's almost 60. And so he's got, you know, years, 30 plus, 35 plus years under his belt with, you know, being an attorney and everything. And he makes things look so easy. I had no idea how much is how much he knows until I just did this recently with him the past month. I, you know, it it's just fascinating how how many years it can take to be that awesome at something. Don't you agree? I mean, yeah. I think about like that, yeah. even like with your dad and stuff like that, all the things that he's achieved. You know, if you think about mm-hmm. people and what they achieve, it's not instant, is it? No, not at all. And I think it's constant, continuous education. Like both of my parents are always continually educating themselves about what they are passionate about. And for me, what I learned is the more information I can gather surrounding the world of dance, it doesn't have to be exactly specific to dance, but every aspect of it. So, for instance, I was 
really interested in kinesiology and biomechanics and wound up getting my Pilates certification. Um, and that has really opened up a big part of my own dancing, but also um, opportunities for me for work um, and as well as to help my students. So I think that there are a lot of things that even when I was coaching field hockey, I think that everything can tie in if you are willing to see how it ties in. That's really interesting. I think we're going to have to have your mom on here too. Your mom, your brother, we're just going to have a family thing here. We'll do four shows and (laughs) (laughs) any other relatives that want to come on, you know, whatever. It's all good. But, you know, I think there's so much to learn from your family. Um, To me, I'm fascinated. So I hope other people are as fascinated as I am. You know, I, I love, I love the learning and I like to, I like to share that with other people so that, you know, it's, you know, it's a little light bulb that might go off somewhere. And, um, yeah, you're right about the whole instant gratification thing, aren't you? Do you see that more and more and more? Because I see it all the time. I, I keep saying, boy, if you hear some, I keep telling that because I'm a mom of four boys and they're 16, 18, 20, and 22. And I keep telling them, I've always told them this, if you hear somebody say to you, back in my day, your ears better perk up. Because <laughs> that's somebody telling, that is a, a somebody teaching you something right there. You know, all these you know, when somebody wants to teach you something, I've sort of trained, hopefully trained my kids to really stop and listen and, and absorb. Yeah. Yeah. Not perfect by any stretch, but oh my gosh, go ahead. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Yeah. No, it's okay. I think it's definitely, it's definitely become more of, um, more, you know, part of our lives with, with, the amount of technology and um, even being able to contact someone immediately um, mm-hmm. that changes a lot. And it changes a lot about how you think about educating yeah. students. Um, yeah. Yeah. This conversation is all over the place and I love it because it, you know, it, um, I, I know the audio is a little frustrating here and there, but I think people are, you know, we've repeated ourselves when we didn't have quite the right audio. Um and hopefully mine's coming across okay and stuff. But, um, you know, what if, let's go flip that for a second and ask you, what do you think young people have taught you? And that doesn't mean you're old or anything like oh that. Oh, my just goodness. Pick a, pick a um, pick and tell me what they've taught you. You know, like go to a six-year-old or eight-year-old or whatever. I don't know how old the kids are that you're interacting with. But, you know, what are they teaching you these days? Because I always think young people teach us older folks a lot, too. Yeah, go, I think I have I have taught all ages and you know there there are definitely students that stick out in my mind over the years that have taught me many many different things um you know one student who every aspect of her dancing showed her joy of dancing and she was 8 years old and it's and I get to work with her every once in a while when I travel back to Maine but she embodies everything artistically that, you know, some professional dancers are not able to grasp until, you know, their late twenties, some thirties. And she just had, because she loves dance so much, it shows in every single movement she does. And that's something that's so amazing. Um because it's it's difficult to teach that. Um, I I do believe that you can teach that, but and you can teach stage presence, but to have it be um, ingrained in you and natural is is like an intangible a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's this there's this gal I see. She's probably about 12 now, and um, her her dad always posts videos of her do, at gymnastics. And um, he'll, every once in a while, he'll say to me, Elizabeth, what do you think? And I'm like, do you want to know what I think or do you want to know what I think? I'm like, which one do you want? <laughs> you know, kind of thing, because I got what I think and what I think. I, you know, I got the answer to please you and the answer that helps her, which one, you know, kind of thing. And, um, boy, same thing you're talking about, that same spunky spirit of uh, this is just who I am kind of thing. And then the gymnast in me, the the one that's the, you know, the 
the athlete goes, here's what she's got to do, though. In order to be masterful, like absolutely incredible, she's got to slow down. She rushes through everything because right. she's so good. You can't, you know, you have to hold the handstand at the top. You've got to point your, to- she doesn't <laughs> point her toes in spots. You know, I can see every little tiny thing there. And um, so do you, when you see that, do you take that kiddo and just perfect them? As, you know, perfect in quotes there. You know what I mean? Are you, it, that's fun, isn't it? Yeah, I like to work with all types of kids, whether it's that they're naturally talented or not. Um, I, like I really think that, you know, I I had a student this year who I could see she worked so hard and she didn't have a lot going for her facility-wise and her background, her foundation was not very good, but she worked so hard and grasped every ounce of information that I would give her. And I thought she improved more than anyone because of her, of how much she was paying attention. But she, I, I saw love her how go you just through answered a, that. <laughs> I love how you just <laughs> answered that question. Thank you. <laughs> she was, she went through a phase where she was getting really down on herself mentally. And you can see it, um, especially, yeah. I don't know, if you start to get to know students, you you see it, and they're standing in front of a mirror, so you see them start to judge themselves. And, um, you know, when you're a dancer, you spend eight hours a day in front of a mirror, so you have to be able to be comfortable with what you're looking at. And everyone struggles with body image. So I pulled her aside and had a conversation with her, and she came back to me the next week, and she said, you know, because after talking, I've been doing this, this, and this, because it inspired me to keep going. And this, this student is not going to be a professional dancer. I don't think that she aspires to be a professional dancer, but she wants to be the best dancer she can be right now during her high school career. And mm-hmm. I think that those are the types of lessons that are, are our kids, I say, because I always call them my kids. I don't have any kids, but <laughs> I have a <laughs> lot of dance kids. Um, they can learn and take with them in whatever aspect of life that they go into. Um, And those are the things that are really important in making them um, good, strong character people who contribute to society and, you know, become strong adults. Yeah. And by the way, you're just officially adorable because you don't like to talk about yourself, but boy, do you light up when you talk about other people. (laughs) It's absolutely so cute. No, I do not like to talk about myself. You do not like to talk about yourself. It's like, yeah, I did this and this. But boy, you talk about the kids and it's it's adorable. It's really funny. Um, (laughs) I love that. And that's, you know, there's another gift of yours right there. Um, I also love how you answered that question because isn't that just one of the most important things too? Because the people, I bet the people that you come across are all different levels. I mean, it's got to be, it's got to be, yeah, with all different kinds of goals Mm -hmm. and stuff. I know even as like an adult, I'll go back to dance class every once in a while, poor, poor Main State Ballet here in Falmouth. (laughs) You know, I'll be like, okay, here I come for more tap dancing, you know, kind of thing. And, you know, I'm almost 50 and I'm not the best tap dancer by any stretch anymore. And I certainly can't turn because I get dizzy and, you know, I've got all these things now. And, but the, you know, the, the goals are different. And then when you go in there every once in a while, you run into a kiddo who's like, how'd you just do that? And you get a moment where you get to like teach a, you know, teach a shuffle or teach a, you know, a ball change and it's, it all changes for you. Because it's really mm-hmm. not so much about you, is it? it, it there's a point where no. it's like, talk about that. Cause... Well, I think that my students give me things every day that I can, you know, transfer back to my own work and my own training. And um, what's really fulfilling for me is to be able to, impact someone's life, whether it be a student or an audience member um, or a colleague Mm -hmm. or anyone, really. Um, And those are the moments that I really appreciate and, you know, they stick with you. 
Well, it's cool. You know, it's really cool, and I I appreciate you being on here. And I, I, I you you hit something, and we've only got five minutes left, and then we've covered the full hour. Um, commercial free, you get into yap the whole time. <laughs> and that what I what I'd love to talk about. You you t- you said body image, and I want to talk about that for mm-hmm. a minute because so many people go to Best Ever You looking for you know this the. the you know, they go to the website and we're talking about body image or they'll hear this show and they're trying to lose weight. Um, me included kind of my whole life all the time. Um, and, you know, how, talk about, you want to take the whole body image topic for a few minutes and just talk about that? Because, you, you know, you said it so beautifully, you know, you got to like what you see in the mirror and that's whether you're a ballerina or not. And I think that could apply to people listening. Sure. Um, I could probably spend a whole nother hour talking about it. It, I think that that being able to like what you see in the mirror is difficult for everyone. I think that even myself, I'm better at coaching other people on how to um, approach body image than I am to actually um, deal with it myself. I think that we are in a society that does, you know, is not kind to um, how we focus on our bodies. But I think there, I think the overall thing for me that took me a very long time to learn was you can only be your best self. Um, you're not going to be able to change your personal bone structure, you're not going to be able to become shorter, you're not going to be able to, um, you know, everything, whatever, whatever it is, but you can, there are things that you can change. um, But you have to be, again, realistic, and ambitious about those things. um, And you have to be willing to put in the work, like, put in the work. And it's not just fitness. It's, you know, it's 80 to 90% nutrition. And there are so many um, incorrect things out there about nutrition that, and we're still learning what, what are the best things to do. Mm -hmm. And you have to find what works for you personally. Um, And I think that's really, yeah. I could really see you doing some I could see you doing some posts like educating people on best ever you if you're ever interested on stuff like that because you know I always say like this, despite your best Botox you're still 65 or whatever or 45 yeah. or 35 <laughs> or whatever you know and I got news for you you the, the tops of your hands didn't quite get sunk in it you know it's a giveaway you know everybody knows how old you are and all this stuff and you you just you can't change a lot of stuff and um, so getting really comfortable Getting really comfy in your own skin is is uh, lifelong for people sometimes. Some some people get that right off the bat, and some people it takes a really, really, really long time, especially as things change in your age or you have kids or whatever it is that's going on. Um, people are people are you 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 said it. You know, people are generally fairly uncomfortable. Um, so if you ever want to write about that, that'd be so cool. I'd love to have I'd love to have that from you, sure. um, and we'll. We'll post it up on Best Ever You, but um, we'll run out of time. So we've gone the full yeah. hour, and um, it's been super fun having you as a guest. I, I, you know, I learned so much, and I, I like your philosophy oh, a thank lot. thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Oh, gosh, thank you. And um, I the, the I love the pictures that you, you gave us that go with the show. Um, before we go, I was hoping you would tell us, because it's, there's just five pictures flashing, and I wondered if you might tell us if you, you I think you know which ones you sent, um, what they are. Like, what are those moments? Because people, so um, many people ask me, at least 20 people are like, where were those taken? What are they? Trying to remember what I said. Uh, I know that well, I one, of one of them is a leap on the beach. Sure. So that is from a um, professional photographer, Elizabeth Opaling runs um, that I participated in a couple years in a row, and she basically teaches 
really style thing to teach photographers how to uh, you lost you again. Yeah. Oh. Go ahead. Me? Yeah, I can just start over because I, I didn't catch any of it. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's a, the leap on so, the beach. There um, you go. So the leap on the beach is from um, a shoot that uh, Elizabeth Opelink runs a photography workshop where she um, teaches photographers how to to shoot movement. Um, so I have a, a lot of really great shots from working with her and from the photographers that attended that retreat. Um, and then the and other then one is I, a, there's a, well, there's one of you kind of, it looks like you might be in like a, like, a, like an auditorium or hallway or something like that, but it's a beautiful kind of light blue and your arms are kind of outstretched. Um, it's a, so I don't know what, that it's beautiful. Is, that's from um, Nevada Valley Theater's um, snow costume from Nutcracker. Um, they're really beautiful um, costumes that, that were. That's so much hand-dyed. fun. The costume part of this is that is that really cool too. What you get to wear, I bet that's so much fun. Yeah, and that was hand um, painted and hand designed by. A really well-known costume designer who I, of course, cannot remember his name right That's now. Okay. But um, it, you, the costumes are really a neat aspect. You run into a lot of situations with ballet companies where they are sharing costumes um, around the country and around the world. So sometimes you'll get to wear a costume that a very famous dancer that you've always looked up to wore. Um, or you have a friend in another company who wore that costume when they did the show last year and you're wearing it. Um, so there's a whole background behind the costumes that is really interesting as well. We have another, a late question coming in. Um, you mind taking one more question before you go or do you have sure. to go? Okay, we no, it's, okay. <laughs> it's going to be really weird. I'm, here's your question. Um, we have a dancer <laughs> listening, uh, a ballet dancer, um, not as established as you are, um, admittedly, they say, and their feet hurt all the time. Um, and they're wondering if you have any advice for their feet. Absolute. Um, yeah, that doesn't go away. Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> let's hear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, your feet do hurt all the time. There are a lot of dancer tricks. Um, I ice almost every night when we're in, when we're in the middle of the season. Um, you know the the whole rest ice um, compression elevation is always very helpful. Um, a bunch of the dancers here, we all have compression socks. Um, we use things like Tiger Balm and Deep Blue, which are kind of like numbing lotions sometimes. Um, I know that a big thing with dancers is making sure not to get rid of your calluses and try to keep them built up if you're wearing point shoes. Um, And, you know, there are a lot of exercises you can do to strengthen your feet that will help take, alleviate some of that pain. Although, you know, when you are dancing on your toes in point shoes, it, for long hours, it does not necessarily oh, go away. Um, yeah. But there are also, you know, a lot, again, going back to the nutrition thing, there are a lot of anti-inflammatory foods that are really important to dancers' health um, to include that. So That's smart. Yeah, so it's not, it might not just be your feet. It might be a, more of a background thing going on. Is that what you're trying mm-hmm. to say there? Interesting. All right. All right. That was it. That was your questions. <laughs> you got feet questions. I knew that was going to happen. I was waiting for that. <laughs> That's too funny. <laughs> of course, right? Uh, thank, no, seriously, thank you for the question, and thank you for staying on to answer it. So um, anyway, all right. Well, thank you for being on Best Ever You. It's been really lovely having you on. It's been very interesting to learn about all that you've done and achieved, and I thank you for taking us back to when, you know, you were making those decisions when you were three and all those things <laughs> to pursue dance instead of softball which is adorable, um, especially considering, you know, your family background there with everything baseball. 
Um, and then, uh, so much fun. So thank you for having a great sense of humor. Thank you for putting up with a little bit of the audio issues. I don't know what that is. And it's not you. It's, it's probably a combination of how far apart we are right now. Um, being that I'm, you know, just is what it is. So internet radio. Um, all right, everybody. Thank thank you, Morgan Brown Sanborn, Sanborn for being here. Life of a professional ballerina. Um, and I hope that you'll consider writing for us if, you know, over the next few months, if you're interested. So thanks for being sure. here. It was yeah. really cool. All right. Thank you. All right, everybody. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you everybody for listening to best ever you today. Um, I appreciate it so much. I want to let you know, you can follow Morgan Brown Sanborn on Twitter at Morgan Sanborn. And then she is also on Instagram, Morgan Brown Sanborn. And I posted a pretty cool picture of her on mine. I actually posted two. I posted that leap on the beach. And then over on the best ever you Instagram, I posted the one of the costume that we were talking about. Um, She's just absolutely beautiful and what a good sense of humor and fun and has a great philosophy on life. And I'm so glad she's touching younger lives as well um, with her knowledge and, and skills and inspiration and so forth. So there's a lot of people who will benefit from her wisdom. So part of the Sanborn family, thank you, coach Sanborn for uh, connecting me with your daughter (laughs) to have her on the show. And um, we will, as your dad said earlier, there's, you know, a family, there's going to be a family discount. (laughs) Can have you all on. (laughs) So cute. (laughs) Anyway. All right. Lots of love everybody. Thank you so much for listening to best ever you take care and have a great day and go to, Oh yeah. Go new Haven chargers. Woohoo. Um, they're in the regionals and uh, we're excited about that. So they're at uh, UNH Chargers on Twitter or Baseball UNH. And uh, we wish them all of the best success in, in their quest to go to the World Series. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Isn't that cool, Morgan? Um, go That's Chargers. Amazing, so, yeah, yeah my, my son's a freshman on that team. So it's pretty exciting to to, to be living it and learning it as well a lot of what we talked about um all right take care everybody i hate i hate ending shows as you can tell but morgan it's been a wonderful time having you here and thank you all for listening all right take care bye-bye thanks for listening to the best ever you show want more visit us at besteveryou.com be your best and keep it real confident successful caring and beautiful every day with best ever you